Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy chapter four and verse twelve. Paul writing to uh, young Timothy, um, pastor, he says this Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. (laughs) I'm thankful uh, this morning for all the youth that we have in the church. And um, I'm encouraged here by Paul's letter to young Timothy, uh, youth, that uh, God uses people no matter where they're at in their stage of life. I, I find that we, we, we say, sure, God uses folks as they get older. We understand that because they have more experience, more wisdom, especially those that have followed God and the fear of the Lord. And, and so we understand that. But I believe this, as I read this letter, that God can use us no matter where we're at in our stage of life. God can use those in their, in their youth. And I would say this, that the time to serve the Lord, no matter where you're at on the spectrum, is now. And for the youth, God will use you. I, we see so many examples in the scripture of God using youth as he used David as a young man, as he used Samuel, as he used Mary as a young woman lady. Uh, God uses those. And it's wonderful here to see the interaction in the church of Paul, who called himself Paul the Aged, uh, interacting with Timothy the youth as they serve the Lord together. That's a blessing in the church when you see uh, all groups and all folks serving the Lord together. I would say this, that now is the time for us God's people, no matter what our age is, is to serve the Lord in this culture, in this day, at this time. You say, how do you know now's the time for us? Because we're here. Because we're here. And I believe that he has called us, the church, to be a light. He's called us, the church, uh, to be an example. And we're going to take an example out of the Old Testament uh, this morning. Uh, to look at this truth. Uh, So take your Bibles and turn to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. This is where we're going to be at throughout the message. And as you look at the book of Daniel, we're going to specifically hone in on three young men named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, 
before you just zone out and start let your mind wander onto something else because you've heard this story before, I would ask you this, to stay engaged in the message. I know it's a familiar story to some, but I would ask you to stay engaged in the message because I believe that the Lord could take one of these uh, examples of these uh, folks and maybe use it in our lives. So the background, the background of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is that they were... Um, in, uh, in Israel, they were Jewish uh, boys who were uh, overtaken by the Babylonians. The Babylonians came in under Nebuchadnezzar. They tore down the walls. They plundered the place. They stole everything that was of value, and they took it out. And the king said, hey, if you find any children there that are, uh, have some knowledge about them, he says, if they have some understanding in, the sci- in sciences... If they are able to stand in the king's palace, in other words, they were well-mannered, had some character, had some education, he said, I want you to bring them back and we'll use them. And amongst those who were brought back uh, to be used by the king was Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so, in the process of time of their coming back into Babylon, that Daniel had interpreted a dream for the king. The king had a dream and wanted to know the understanding of it, and no one could tell the understanding of it. And so, uh, he comes in and he interprets the dream. Now, Daniel and his comrades are promoted in the kingdom, which is pretty amazing to be captives and then to be promoted in the kingdom. And these guys, I would say, uh, they were useful youth. They were skillful youth. They were productive youth. I mean, these guys, I mean, they just didn't get promoted for no reason as captives in in Babylon. Uh, They saw something in these guys. They said, hey, Let's promote them. Let's put them over some things. Let's let them manage some stuff. And they started letting these guys manage things. And everything that they started to manage, man, things started turning out. It's kind of like Joseph. And so uh, they're they're being promoted and they're being promoted all the way till eventually Daniel's promoted above everyone. Daniel eventually is above all the princes and all the rulers of all these people. Well, back into the context... Uh, the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had was this, this image of gold and silver and brass and iron and clay. And, and, and when he got the in, in, interpretation of the dream from Daniel, it was this, that these represented different kingdoms and different world powers that were to come. But the head of the image, which was a fine gold, represented Nebuchadnezzar. In his kingdom. And uh, to say the least, he, he missed the message of the point that God was trying to show him. And this went to his head. And uh, he began to think, wow, I am that important. I am that powerful. And so he builds this image, uh, like 90 feet tall of gold. And he has this idea that he's going to call all the princes together, all the governors, huge province he controlled, and captains, and judges, and 
treasurers and counselors. I mean, this was, he's calling the sheriffs, all the rulers of all the provinces. He calls them all together for the dedication of this image and brings all the folks that had any power, any rule in the kingdom, and they're all in one place. And he says to them, when you hear the sound of music, fall down and worship. That's chapter, chapter 3 and verse 5. When you hear it, you're supposed to fall down and worship this image that I've set up. And if you don't fall down and worship the image, kings had a way of, you know, they had to have things their way. He says, if you don't fall down and worship the image, well, I'm going to throw you into a burning, fiery furnace. That's verse 6. It's kind of the carrot and the stick. It, 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 and the stick was extreme, I would say. Uh, if you don't do what I say, you're going into the burning, fiery furnace. Well, these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had a decision to make, didn't they? They had a decision to make. And so that's where we're at in Daniel chapter 3. Look with me in verse 8. The Bible says, Wherefore at the time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews, they spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that should hear the sound of the cornet, flute, and harp, and sackbut, and psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. There were certain Jews who now has set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Almost, let me just stop for a sec. Feels a little bit like these guys are jealous. A little bit of tattletaling going on here. Is that, you, you, I mean, these Jews, these guys that you brought in, now they're not doing what you said. He said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, these men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, small g, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. So here we see the king says, here, I want you to just drop me. Simple stuff, really, honestly. You hear the music, just when the music plays, do what everybody else does. Just go down on your face and then it's over, right? You're a long way from home. Your parents aren't here. You're out of your country. Just do it. Just fall down, get it over with. And you know what's in your heart. Just fall down and worship. And you know what these three guys said? We will not bow. We will not bow. We believe in the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. We believe in the God that created the heavens and the earth. And we will not bow to these idols. I don't know, but these guys had to know why they were in the predicament that they were in. We've studied the prophets that went before and prophesied about why they were in. The reason why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in Babylon in the first place was because their forefathers started bowing down to idols. And he said, we're not going to do it. We, we can't do it. I mean, you know, we just, it's, it goes against everything that we believe to fall down. And so I would say this, that in this case, and speaking to youth, there'd be a lot of peer pressure here. I mean, this is, this is everybody who's anybody. 
I mean, this is just the group of the elites, and uh, amazingly, they're part of it. And here they are. And, and can you imagine? I picture this huge image. Music starts, the band strikes up, everybody drops to their face, and then there's what? Three guys standing there. You know what that, they, they would kind of stand out at that point, wouldn't you? I mean, the whole reason for the party was to worship the idol. And here you got three guys standing there, I mean, they'd stand out. And, I, and, 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 and they said, you know what, we're not bowing down. This is, they, they weren't trying to, you know, they weren't trying to stir up trouble. They just said, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. So the king, knowing these guys, he, the generous king that he was, gives them a second chance. Verse 15, he says, Now if you be ready, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if you worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning, uh, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? He says, hey, I'm going to give you one more chance. You guys maybe didn't hear the instructions the first time. But listen, when you hear the music, this time drop down and worship the image and it'll all be over. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, verse 16, answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. In other words, they're saying, uh, we're not worried about answering you. and We're not full of care. We're not full of anxiety to answer you in this matter. Uh, if it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I kind of hear these guys saying when he says, hey, I'll give you a second chance. I'm going to strike up the band one more time. Just go down on your face and it's all going to be over. And now I can almost hear them saying, hey, no need to strike up the band. No need to do it. We, we've already thought this through. We know our answer. We're not bowing down. We're not bowing down. Uh, uh, let me just stop you right here because I don't want to leave the wrong impression on these guys. I think I've said it right. These guys were not rebels against the king. They were not rebels against the king. These guys were not out there trying to stir up uh, trouble. They weren't trying to stand out. They weren't out there saying, we're going to make us, we're going to make a point. We're going to go against the king. We're going to rebel against the government. We're going to do all these things. They weren't doing that. I'm telling you, these three guys, and Daniel included, these were some of the most productive, trustworthy, faithful, competent young people in all the kingdom. I mean, you could give them a job to do, and you knew that they were going to get it done. They, this wasn't that they were just trying to make a, a statement. They weren't trying to draw attention to themselves. They weren't, there's a lot of that, isn't there, in the world today. That's not what these guys were doing. These guys were just saying, you know what? We will not bow down. We will not do it. Why? We have some integrity. We have something in our heart that will not allow us to worship any God. We will not budge and we will not compromise against our God. I find it uh, uh, interesting in chapter 1 
of Daniel, how the Bible says that they purposed in their hearts that they would not defile themselves with the portion of the king's meat. And what had happened there is they were they would come into the kingdom and likely all of the king's meats and all those things had been offered to idols. And for testimony's sake, they said, you know what? We're not going to touch this meat. We're not going to touch all these things. We're going to seek God and and trust God. And you know what happens? God blesses them. Miraculously, they're healthy without it. And so they saw God work before when they stood up for what was right. And they said, God could take care of me then. He'll take care of me now. We have confidence in our Lord. They said to the king, he can deliver us. And He will deliver us. One way or the other, God's going to deliver us. One way or the other, He's going to deliver us. I think of Paul as we started out encouraging Timothy. Paul encouraged Timothy in the same way he said that to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. He says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, Purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which, uh, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. You know what he's saying? He said to, to Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, Hey, Timothy, you know my testimony. You know that as I served the Lord, I went through a lot of uh, affliction, affliction, a lot of persecution. There was a lot of things that I had to endure to be able to go and preach the gospel and start these churches and do these things. He says, but out of them all, everything that I faced, Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, the Lord delivered me. The Lord helped me. And then he says, yea, verse 12 of 2 Timothy 3, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the freedom and the liberties that we have in this country. We should thank the Lord for that, that the, that the, that the, uh, the persecution for worshiping God is not there like it is today in other countries. Uh, we should be thankful for that. But listen, there are some things and some times in our life, I believe, where our integrity for the Lord will be tested. I truly believe it. I believe that there'll be some times where uh, we're going to have to say, uh, I'm going I'm to serve the Lord. I'm going to put Him first. I will not bow. I will not budge. It doesn't matter how many people are doing it. I'm talking to the youth for just a second. It doesn't matter how many people are doing it. If it's not right, it's not right. It doesn't matter if everyone's doing it. Hey, it wasn't right to bow down to a golden image. And he says, listen, don't just go with the flow. Seek the Lord. Don't just go with with the world's uh, way of doing things. The king here, he thought to rally the kingdom around an image. And I think that the image was of himself. I think it was all about him, self-image. And... He had misunderstood what the vision that God had given him about the golden head. And I would say that in our generation today, in this culture, in this time, there is a great worship of self. For the young people, there's a great worship of self. And I think it would be a huge statement to stand out and say, hey, I was created in the image of God. And for His purpose, I I was created. 
I mean, not created for self, not created for my own thing, not look at me. Uh, I would say this in our culture today for the youth, that there is a huge pressure to conform. But Paul tells us, he says, hey, uh, say no to, to, to conform to this world, but be ye what? Transformed. How? By the renewing of our mind. By a renewing of our mind. Again, I'm not talking about being a rebel. I'm talking about serving God and knowing Him and having... Listen. You know, what, you, know what I know about, you know what I know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Is they had a personal conviction. This wasn't mom and dad's conviction. This wasn't something that it was just their culture and society had put on them, so now they're Christian. You understand what I'm saying? They had, because now they're in Babylon. Now nobody can see them. Now no one around that had past influenced them. Now it's just between them and who? The Lord. And it meant their life. I mean, they're being, they're being told they're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace if they did not worship the image. Now, obviously, it's in, in the Bible, good versus evil. Worship's a big thing. Worshiping any false god, falling down before any false god is a device of Satan. It's a device of the devil. When Satan tempted Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 4, that's what he said. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 9, Satan says unto him, All these things will I give thee, he's talking to Christ, if thou wilt what? Fall down and, uh, fall down and worship me. And Jesus saith unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written... Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve. He says, listen, the only one that we are to worship, the only one that is, is worthy of our worship is the Lord Jesus Christ, God Almighty. And Nebuchadnezzar here, hearing these things, that these guys will not bow and they will not budge, and full of fury commanded that the furnace be heated up seven times more, you know, hot than what it was. And he commanded the most mighty men, the Bible says, the most mighty men in his kingdom to bind them up and to cast them in the furnace, clothing and all. Just throw them in, throw them right in the midst, right in the middle of this burning, fiery furnace. And the Bible says that it was so hot that those that threw them into the furnace were killed. And now it's about to get really interesting. Look at, look at verse 24. Daniel chapter 3, verse 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, for they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. You know what I, you know what I find interesting here? How did he know? How did he know? You know what I got to thinking? I think when you see him, you'll know. I think when you see him, you'll know. Verse 26, Then Nebuchadnezzar came near into the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth uh, of the midst 
of the fire and the princes and governors and captains and king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose body the fire had no power nor was a hair of their head singed neither were their coats changed nor the smell of fire had passed on them <laughs> so find here that they would not bow they would not budge and you know what else they wouldn't burn they wouldn't burn. The fire had no power over them. They had no, he had no power over him. Their faith in God had seen them through the fire. If you take your Bibles in, in, in the, the Hebrews 11, the, the chapter where it talks about the, the men and women of faith, it speaks of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It says, that who through faith stopped the mouths of lions, talking about Daniel, and quenched the violence of fire, talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, the Bible tells us about the shield of faith. You know what the shield of faith does? It quenches the fiery darts of the wicked. Not only can the shield of faith quench the fiery darts of the wicked, but you know what else it can do? It can quench the fiery furnace of the wicked. Their faith had seen them through the fire. You know, I got to thinking, why was that fiery furnace out there? Out there by the image. Why was that thing there? Why was it built there? Uh, and, I, and, I, and this is my opinion, that it was there to make their God. It's probably what they put the metal ore in and, and melted it all down and they formed their God and they melted this image and made this God. But now you see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and their God just walking around in the midst of this furnace that they used to form their God. It, it wouldn't melt him. It wouldn't melt the one true God. It couldn't affect the one true God. Why? He himself is a consuming fire. You know what I find interesting in this passage is where the Lord shows up. Is where the Lord shows up. I think this is true today. I really do. I believe that the Lord will show up when His people need Him. And He'll show up when they stand in faith and face the fire. When, when God's people go into the fire, when God's people stand in faith and stand there and trust Him, I believe that that's a, that's a, a good chance that you'll meet Him there. He's not afraid of the fire. He's not afraid of the trials and the tribulations that we go through. He's not afraid of those things. Can you imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego there in the midst of the flame? And then they got thrown in and then, and then, then, they, then they were okay. I, mean, I can imagine Shadrach looking at Meshach and Abednego and saying, Guys, we're okay. We're okay. And then they say, Lord, is that you? Lord, is that you meeting us here in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the flames? I'm so glad that we trusted you. Amen. I'm so glad that we stood when everyone else bowed. I'm so glad that we put our faith in you. The king saw them walking around in the midst. You know, just kind of walking around. I think of Enoch, who walked with God. I think of the, the verse in Psalms where it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me. I think if the Lord is with us through the valley of the shadow of death, if the Lord is with us through the fire, my goodness, we, 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 we can make it. We can go through it. Do you know I believe this? 
These, these stories, the children learn these stories down in Sunday school, and maybe you even learn this story in Sunday school, but you know this, I believe this happened. I believe every word of it is true. I believe that these men found the Lord there, and, and God met with them there. And can you imagine how their faith grew? I mean, their faith was already obviously strong, enough to stand for the Lord and all these things, but their faith developed in the fire. Their faith developed in the fire. You know what? You know what I find interesting is what they lose in the fire. What they lose, you know, what did they lose in the fire? They didn't lose anything except what bound them. Amen. The Bible says they went in bound and then they were loosed and walking around and they came out and they still had their clothes and they still had their hair. <laughs> they still had everything that they went in with other than the bondages. And you may be here this morning going through a fire and Fires come in all kinds of ways. Sometimes other people put them on us. Sometimes somebody else will put us through the fire. Sometimes it, it, it's, it's nobody's fault. Sometimes it just happens. Sometimes it's health issues. Sometimes it's things like that. Sometimes it's temptation. Sometimes we put ourselves through the fire. Sometimes we're sitting in the middle of the fire and we say, well, this is obviously my fault. But even then, you know what I find? Even then, even when it's our fault, the Lord will meet us there. If we'll ask Him. And you know what happens in the fires? A lot of the things that bind us up, a lot of the things that hold us back, those sins and the weights the Bible talks about that so easily beset us, those things many times fall off in the fire, in the trials. Think about it in your own life. The last trial or fire that you went through. And think about what God, what God did for you in it and through it. How that he enriched you. How that he grew your faith. How that maybe you can say, I know him now where I didn't as much before. I know him deeper than I did before. After going through these things, God can remove those bondages through the fiery child. Now I think of how great of an example it is to others. When we go through the trials that we face by faith. Isn't it amazing to see one of God's saints, one of God's people go through a trouble. And then they, there's a sweetness about it when they trust God through it. Isn't there? It, we call it grace. We say, wow, God's given them such grace to be able to face the trouble, the trial that they go through. I think of just a couple chapters after the, the fiery furnace. Daniel is, is caught in his own trouble and told not to pray and he goes ahead and prays and they threaten to throw him in the lion's den and eventually they do throw him in the lion's den but you know what Daniel had an example of he had an example of some other people who trusted God and God delivered him and he thought you know what if God could deliver Shadrach Meshach and Abednego through the fiery furnace he can deliver me through the lion's den if God can deliver them for trusting him He'll deliver me as well. That's, that's the right kind of peer pressure. Isn't it? That right kind of peer pressure. That's what we desire for our youth. And for all the body of Christ actually. For all of us. To continually uh, encourage each other. To build that faith. You know sometimes the Christian life. 
uh, when we face trials and tribulations, it feels like a battle. Sometimes some of the things we go through, it's kind of a struggle. Am I, am, is that true? Sometimes some of the things, it takes, it takes a little bit of fight to, to, to stand up and to do what's right. It takes a little bit of the guts to stand there and say, you know what? I want to believe God and trust Him with all my heart and follow Him and face the trial believing that God is able to deliver, that He has the power, that He has the strength. He is able to deliver. Not only is He able to, able to deliver, He will deliver. And I'm not going to run from this trial. You know, I'm not going to run from this trial. Maybe the trial or the thing that you're facing right now. And uh, instead, of, instead of saying, God, deliver, deliver it, take it away from me, which we do pray, take it away from me. Maybe we also pray, but if you choose not to, Lord, help me through it. Help me through it and help me stay strong in my faith through this trial that I'm facing, through this thing that I'm going through. Lord, draw me close to you in this. Lord, reveal yourself to me in the thing that I am facing and I'm going through. There's a little kid song that I've heard sung so many times, but when I preach this message, I can't, I can't uh, not think of this song. It kind of goes like this. Now the boys wouldn't bow, and the king got mad, said, turn that furnace up high. Tie them up and throw them in. Those Hebrew boys are going to fry. But a little while later, the king looked inside and heard Shadrach say, Just pull up a chair, boys, and warm your hands, because we came here to stay. Run if you want to, run if you will, but I came here to stay. If I fall down, I'm going to get back up because I didn't start out to play. It's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. So run if you want to, run if you will, but I came here to stay. The decree had been signed by the hand of the king, but Daniel still prayed to the Lord. The hungry lions were pacing the den. Here comes supper, one roared. <laughs> but if you'd have been anywhere near, you'd have heard Daniel say, If you're talking about me, you can forget it, boys, because I came here to stay. So run if you want to, run if you will, but I came here to stay. If I fall down, I'm going to get back up because I didn't start out to play. It's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. So run if you want to, run if you will. But I came here to stay. Amen. You know what it is? It's a decision. Amen. <laughs> it's a decision. You know, you know that? It's a choice. It's a choice to live for the Lord. And sometimes when everybody's doing it, sometimes it's a little easy. But man, when you're, when you're just, there's just a few of you out there and you feel like, man, everybody else is going this way. And I, I'll tell you, sometimes we're, we're faced with some fiery furnaces. I mean, God's people sometimes go through some fiery furnaces. Sometimes we go through some troubles and some trials in our lives. It's just... You think, I don't know how I can do it. But you know what we got to do? we got to trust God and say He can deliver. He will deliver. 
I need to take a stand. You know what we need in this culture, in this day and age? We need some youth that will take a stand. We need some young people. Now, uh, it's everybody. We all, we all need to take a stand for the Lord and, and do what's right. But my goodness, what an example. What an example when the young people say, you know what, I'm going to follow the Lord. I, I, it's not, listen, it's not that God needs us to defend Him. He defends us. But it is that we say that we want to trust Him. That we put our faith in it. That we're not going to bow down or budge when it comes to the world's philosophies or the world's way of doing things. But we say, no, there's a different way. We want to follow God's Word. We want to follow the truth of God's Word. You know what we need? We need some of these young people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who can, who can prove themselves in science, in wisdom, in, in business, and in, 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 in be promoted. And We need some politicians in this country that will stand up for the truth, stand up for God, stand up in some integrity, and stand up and say, hey, what's right is right no matter what the polling shows or what the what you know public opinion says what's right is right and we want to follow God with the fear of the Lord and you know what he'll do I believe that he'll meet us there yeah that doesn't mean we won't go through some trials it doesn't mean we won't go through some tribulations but my goodness what a what a witness what a light when people stand for the Lord and do it with such a good attitude and such a good spirit too. Jesus calls his, us to follow him. He, he says in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24, then said Jesus to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him what? Deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Boy, that is so, so countercultural today. Denying self. Everything today is, is self. 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 But whosoever, he says in verse 25, will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Here's the call today. Lose your life in Christ. Give your life to Christ. Seek him with your whole heart. And then give him your life and say, look, as a youth, I'm choosing to follow the Lord. As a, no matter where we're at in, in, the, in the spectrum of age, I'm choosing to follow the Lord, to walk with him, to know him, to seek him. With my whole heart. And the darker the time is, the brighter the light. The brighter the light. In Daniel, Daniel chapter 3 and verse 28, the Bible says this Then Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when he saw what God had done, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that what? Trusted in him, and have changed the king's word, and what? Yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any God except their own God. He said, you know what the king said? Wow, there must be the one true God. Look at these guys who yielded their bodies, who were willing to die for what they believed in. And what, did, what, came, what came about? God got the glory. God got the glory out of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And this is ultimately what we are called to do is to live our lives for the glory of the Lord. And here's, here's what it is. I, I want us all, and, and, and young people, and, and no matter what age you are, here's the call. Would you serve the Lord? Would you choose and say, I want, I want to serve God, not just because my parents are Christians, not just because my 
parents did. Uh, uh, yeah, that, they've been an example to me, but I want it to be real between me and the Lord. True, a true relationship with God. I want to I wanna commit to follow the Lord no matter which way uh, the, the, the masses go, no matter which way folks turn. I want to stand for the Lord. You may be here this morning in a very own fiery furnace. You may be sitting there saying, boy, the heat has been turned up in my life and I just feel like I can't, I can't take it. I don't know what's going to happen. And here's what I believe. In your fiery furnace, the Lord can meet you. The Lord can meet you. And when you come out of this, and you will come out of this, one way or the other, you will come out of this. When you do, I think that you'll be thankful that you trusted Him, that you believed Him, that you can know Him in a deeper way. What song are you singing? Page 96 in the hymn book. In the hymn book. Take your hymn books and stand. Page 96. If the Lord has spoken to your heart, though, don't be ashamed. Say, God, I'm, I'm trusting you. I'm giving you my life. I want you to use me. And I will stand for you in whatever you've called me to do. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website or... You could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.